0: Good morning, good folks to the internet. I gather you here today for a live Run Your Mouth podcast early morning. That's not that early. Depends on how much of a degenerate bum you are. If you're still working from home, you're still living that good COVID life where you don't got to report to an office. And who knows, maybe you're not even up yet. Maybe you're going to wake up at 12. Dude, if you woke up at 12... And you're not like a bartender or something and you're winning in life shoot me an email Gmail.com. if there's someone out there who woke up at 12 p.m. rolled out of bed and then went over to YouTube lazily while they were pouring themselves a cup of coffee maybe getting ready to take a shit and just started to browse YouTube to see what might be there for them to consume and then came across your winner and I want to hang out uh, before we start the episode let's take a moment and honor sheath You know why they've been the show for two years and at some point there will be studio improvements brought to you by sheathunderwear.com use promo card rym you're gonna get yourself 20 percent off and now that it's summer you don't want stinky sweaty horrible nuts because that's what's going to happen to you you continue wearing these terrible underwears you've been wearing for the last 40 years because you never updated it and you you you, you don't want to be old man balls that that's how people get dementia i don't know that i can make health claims like that but i'm going to say it right now if if you don't upgrade your underwear game and get yourself some sheathunderwear.com to protect your nuts, uh, you might end up with dementia. But here, we got good news. Uh, COVID emergency, it's over. You can finally go back to regular living, and on such a celebratory day, where uh, we can finally move on from the COVID emergency, why don't we just get right into the news topics, because we got a packed episode. I ain't fucking around no more and here we got some winners in the chat already we got uh Jimmer 171 wishing me a good morning and Forrest mommy saying that she's a winner doesn't sound accurate you're out in uh Colorado it's early morning you're winning you're getting up and after it we're saying that the winners are the people that sleep in and don't have to get up till like 11 or 12. all right today's topics first Biden ends the COVID emergency but what about the emergency enthusiasts who still want to live that emergency our coverage of the mask wearing hermits who prefer emergency living cuz you know there's some people out there there's some people who just they've given up and they just they like living in a space where they feel like they're constantly going to die i mean after two full years of committing yourself to a particular lifestyle of thinking anytime you live your house you you might die and so you better home stay home and watch netflix again cuz you might get quizzed on what's there I mean, that was what was nice about COVID living was you got to take a brief moment pause from life to stay at home and work on your alcoholism. Usually the universe didn't shut down where people went to you and said, hey, listen, if you want to just give up on every one of your dreams, goals and hobbies, just stay home and pretend like if you leave your house, you're going to die. We'll support you in this. And some people, they really took that opportunity. They said, Oh my God, this is, this is what I've been looking for. I've been looking for an excuse to just do nothing, which I support. Go back and watch my last episode. I support doing nothing. So, you know, I feel bad for some of these people who are really committed to the cause. And now is someone at least like a, can we get the occasional Fauci appearance going, Hey, maybe you should still be afraid of your relatives. Cause you got some people that out there, they, they're not ready to move on from this. You know, maybe we're going to have to wean them off of it. Alright, next topic. Why the FBI is pretending not to monitor Discord servers, and how a Nar- National Guardsman had access to our nation's biggest secrets. I gotta break down this bullshit. I'm not sure on this one. I'm, I'm really, uh, I've become a little bit too conspiratorial. So I'm really, it just seems odd to me that you can be leaking documents for months on end on a Discord server which I get it, you guys like your privacy, you like your Bitcoins, your private community, oh, I'm on Telegram, no one can see me, except that Facebook bought it. I get it, you guys like to think that everything's free and that they're not watching you all the time and maybe government's so incompetent that we fear an enemy that isn't even really all that strong. Maybe, maybe that's the world that you like to live in. Or maybe you're like one of these mask wearing people that just wants to stay at home. I don't know, I'm not not saying with certainty, but it seems odd to me, that for months on end, somebody could just be leaking information and that the conversation was found by people, like, are you telling me that instead of reading the news, I should be playing Call of Duty late at night and seeing what random people invite me into Discord servers and then that might be my access to actual information? Like, are you telling me that right now there's some guy out there with the greatest insider trading stock picks, has the best information anyone does on all of planet Earth? He actually knows that the uh, China's going to go invade Taiwan, and we're going to be blowing up our, our Silicon Valley chip factories. And, I mean, I don't know why I threw in the Silicon Valley part. The chip factories. And so, therefore, you should be shorting... Uh, Uh, microchips right now and buying areas in the United States that can be overwhelmingly polluted because that's where you're going to start making microchips. Who knows what kind of information might exist? There might be a person right now who's playing Call of Duty. Some guy's calling him an N-word and and the F-word, you know, they're, they're like cursing, And then he goes, I can show you the portal to spiritual enlightenment. And then right now, if you got into a Discord server, there's a person there who's got the Tibetan secrets, for tongue-mouthing little boys. No, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, for spiritual enlightenment. You you actually get in there and and they've got old sacred texts that have nothing to do with sucking on little boys' tongues. That, that, that was like a messed up translation that somehow got handed to this Dalai Lama. That was like the wrong, but there's a different one. Uh, everyone, go on to Call of Duty right now. Maybe it's like divide and conquer. There's like 5,000 people or so that listen to this. So, you know, whatever your day job was, instead of doing it, go play Call of Duty right now. See who you meet, and if maybe you get invited to a Discord server that actually has real, truthful information on it, and then you can invite the rest of us to it. Um, but then don't take the information and put it in other places, because then the FBI will know that you know that you're there. And also, it can be a low clearance young kid who uh, who who it manages to get the all this extremely valuable and insightful information that nobody else has and the only people that he would want to share it with are his homies that he doesn't actually know in real life but plays video games with online because sometimes there's people that are actually that level of loserness that um, they're young they're looking to belong and so they don't meet people they don't even broadcast they don't even do this they just go play video games online someone calls them nasty names and they go but i got secret documents you want to come hang out on my discord server because i can show you things that no one else can show you and then you're like some 12 year old kid and you go to the discord server and you're like why am i looking at maps and documents of ukraine this doesn't make you cool to me and the guy's like you sure that doesn't make you cool i mean these are top secret documents it's like being invited to your friend's fort and they got all sorts of things and you're like i don't why do i care about any of this so I'm not totally calling bullshit, but I'm somewhat calling bullshit. And here's what I'm starting to think. If you want to dismantle the system and the way that the system works and the way that they try and control us, ruin our lives, propagate us, give us false information. If you want to think ahead and think, what are they going to do to influence my life? Here's what you got to do. Here's the thought process you got to have. You got to think what's the gayest thing that somebody can do? Because that's the way government's going to operate. So like whatever the gayest thought you have is for trying to influence somebody else's behavior, I think that's the way that government um, uh, approaches things. And so if you're government and you're trying to get us out of the Ukraine war, what's the gayest way to walk back the failure of the Ukraine war? It's to go that online disinformation ruined our efforts. Remember those white males we told you about hanging out in these online communities, playing video games online that hate our country, hate our freedom, want to ruin everything? Well, if we don't crack down on every little inch of the internet, well, then these white males that we warned you about, are going to put information out there that's going to ruin our operations and put our CIA agents working abroad at risk. I mean, how convenient. We're losing the Ukraine war, and then they're gonna go. Oh yeah, we we would've won that thing if it weren't for those documents because of these white people who play video games and hang out on Discord channels. All right, sure. I'm not saying this hundred percent. There's a lot of things that like I I, I know a hundred percent. Not even 100%. Well, some things are 100% because we're the only operation in uh, YouTube unlistened to media uh, that's uh, 100%, 1,000% fact-checked and supported and backed by Russia. So we've got the primetime disinformation here. And luckily, because other media channels are so committed to lying to you, our 1,000% percent fact checked disinformation from Russia, uh, it turns out to be accurate sometimes. So this one didn't come from my top secret Russian disinformation a thousand percent fact check sources sometimes I do sometimes I get signed sealed delivered papers from the backers of this program that allow me to not just rely on the Sheath dollars because sometimes the even sheath goes hey that's too spicy for you to be sharing uh with the uh YouTube community all right let's move on to our next topic what else we got on my list oh does going woke age a person you guys see this Bud Light lady Because the real story here is that apparently, I think she's trying to help other women. I think that's what's going on because somehow working for Bud Light has turned her into a horse. It's almost like in Pinocchio when they drink and they somehow turn into, I think wokeism ages a person. I think if we want to end wokeism, what we got to do is we got to take beauty shots of beautiful women who went into college and then the ones that were indoctrinated for wokeism and every single time they got outraged because the privilege and the way that these people feel and, well, I was promised that my green car was going to work and you just, you got all these rageful thoughts and it, it, it ages your face ladies if you want to avoid wrinkles you gotta avoid the woke perspective because what you're doing is you're absorbing guilt into your heart and you're just going to be mad all the time because you're buying into a fictionalized reality that can't possibly work and then every single day of your life you have to continue to preach nonsense as if it's going to better and help humanity but somewhere in the depths of your soul you realize that you're just purveying nonsense on top on and that that's what ages people. And and that's how we can convince people to stop being woke is we gotta start documenting now uh what people with woke ideologies look like compared to the people that don't. Except you know what might fail this thing is all the rednecks out there who spend their whole life smoking cigarettes, drinking Mountain Dew. So I don't know that non-woke people are necessarily any classier or more attractive because some of the woke people they go pretty hard on the yoga and the gym stuff, and the drinking water, and the juice cleanses. So I don't know if this theory is entirely true, but I do think if you if you take a little bit too much wokeness into you, and that you make that a little bit too much your lifestyle, uh, I, I think it ages an individual, and the proof is in the Bud Light lady. You see those pictures of that lady when she was in college, taking shots out of condoms, hanging out at frat parties, slugging down some rolling rocks? And then she becomes an adult, she pumps out some kids, and she goes, that's it, nobody nobody else gets to have fun. Sure, when I was in college, I got to enjoy having fun, but nobody else gets to have fun. Now, we gotta put all this money behind, oh my god, dude, can you believe Dylan Mulvaney's only like 20, I think he's like 26, or 24, Ooh, is it going to be interesting when he tries to walk back from this one? Think about the bad ideas you had when you were 24 and 25. And can you imagine if you broadcasted those bad ideas on the internet and then you got famous for them? And all of a sudden you're making a ton of money for those ideas and now you're pot committed to some identity and version of yourself you came up with at age 25 and 26? I mean, I guess for me, I would have gotten lucky. I was just telling horrible. No, I'd probably be dead, dude. If Even if the if the version of me one year into comedy somehow took... when you criticize uh the fbi it looks like i froze up for a second all right we got one more uh one more topic but be uh before we do let's see uh let's see what else we got going on in the chat we got um we got richmond what was released that helps america i don't know what you mean by that uh, okay maybe maybe we should switch over to calls Lazy eye bear. Ugly people like to wear masks and I thank them. That is, uh, that is an accurate statement. All right. Moving forward. We've got one more thing coming at you. Um, oh yeah. Is Bud Light scrapping its plans for rib bottles for men's assholes? That's, uh, that was one of the pieces of information I got from my 1,000% fact-checked uh, Russian, uh, you know, deep sources. But apparently, uh, at the next gay Pride played, because uh, they already got the long-neck bottles, and so apparently they were going to convert them into, like, a harder steel with, like, a rib-type thing, and then you could put in your freezer, you know how, like, uh, uh, Coors Light was doing the things, hey, if the mountain turns blue, then your beer is cold, because obviously you couldn't tell that by holding your hand. I can't be the first person to tell that joke, but now they're going to have cold beers that you can shove right up your ass but they, they might have to scrap that, which is sad. Apparently, the research and development cost them a lot of money. And, uh, you know, all right. Anyways, and then lastly is, do we need legislation where and when you can use MLK voice? This is a this this is a real one. I know sometimes I throw topics at you that are total nonsense, but this one's real. This one is an urgent thing that I think we need to address because the MLK voice works. Uh, you want to throw the MLK voice out of people, it's persuasive. But there's some times where it's out of, like, if you're at a PTA meeting talking about, like, uh, I don't know, like the vending machine in the school or something, you know what I mean? It's it's going to get annoying. It's going to be a little, brothers and sisters, when they put this vending machine here, we got to bring back the Snickers. I'm not doing the voice. Well, I should have heard it beforehand. I swear, like beforehand, I listened to an MLK, I had that thing down, but here, here was the violation, the overstep in the usage of MLK voice. Because there was a story of uh these people in kentucky the protesting i think guns the guy gets thrown out of the government then they have to reinstate him i ignored the whole story until i saw a video of the guy and i was like okay i could see how this gets annoying i could see how if you're just trying to run a meeting and someone's throwing this kind of energy at oh by the way all right well here let's give it a watch and then we can comment they tried to expel the people's choice and the people's vote. And a sleeping giant. Representative Justin Jones of Nashville reinstated Monday. Both black men returned does to that the has, state does house. Does that have sound? Re- by the way, it's always yeah. uh, it's always they fun to, to find out whether or not we actually have sound on this operation. Here's another one. Yeah. We look forward to continuing to fight, daring yeah. to advocate yeah. justice rolls down like water, yeah. righteousness like an ever flowing stream. Yeah. Let's get back to work. Yeah. After the show By the way, if there's any women out there that want to come in here and just clap, oh, yeah, yeah, what you said was so smart. Yeah, yeah, say it again. You're so smart. Clap, clap, clap. I, I, I'll. You can be hired. You can be the first staff member for the Run Your Mouth podcast. Maybe we'll actually we'll we'll replace the Run Your Mouth banner with the full gospel choir, and we'll get that energy going every morning, because it's it's hard not to have conviction in what you're saying when you got a you got a whole team of hype men right behind you, clapping it up. Yeah, preach it. Say it. All right, moving on. What else we got? Oh, I know we were talking about Dylan Mulvaney. We've been talking about the blunders made by Bud Light and other corporate brands. and guys, I'm doing I'm doing a 180. maybe it's a 360, no 360 I'm doing a 180. I'm reversing course and I'm, I'm hoping that every one of these brands actually goes full woke. They put out images, videos, ESG going, Hey, we're just backing whoever your local tranny is. You don't know, like the way a friend of yours as a kid might've gotten like a skateboarding sponsorship or something. They get caught picked up by a brand. Well, that's what I hope. I hope you get to a point where these, these corporations are so backing. It's like the same way you got a skateboarding sponsorship as a kid, you got a trans sponsorship as a kid. And then Nike came in Maybe they got you a tattoo, but they also got you a fresh pair of tits, a new pair of hair. Everyone can look as pretty as Dylan Mulvaney. You can all get that CIA money to go see whoever the best plastic surgeon is and start looking good. Local sponsorships. I want brands to get fully behind everything woke because there's nothing more fun than closeted conservative gay men freaking out about the brands that they knew and love and were holding to to try and pretend like they were straight. And then having to overreact to pretend like now they feel hurt and ashamed by their brand because they invested a lot into pretending like they were straight by having too much Jack Daniels, Budweiser, or Bud Light in the house. So let's give this a watch. This is a man. He's wearing uh, overalls that fit a little bit too well. You know what I mean? This is like someone really went shopping for overalls, looked in the mirror. They're like, my butt look all right in these. Went out with the boys to try on some overalls. Maybe even had a dude with the fucking ruler and a tailor make sure that it was sized up so that it was just the fashionable amount of bagginess. Had to go to a rest stop, find a dude that was hanging out at glory hole, peek peek his eye through it, and go, "Hey, you mind? Uh, you look like a trucker. You mind making sure I'm wearing the right fashionable overalls here?" But here's an individual. Uh, he spent his entire life uh, drinking Jack Daniels and not even the regular Jack Daniels. It was, uh, apparently the fireball whiskey version of Jack Daniels. Cause if you want to prove just how much of a dude you are, you got to wear your overalls in a flavored whiskey. That's the way to do it. But he's, uh, he's deeply hurt by the actions of, uh, Jack Daniels. And this was the favorite video I watched all week of a homosexual conservative, uh, freaking out about his brands. I'm just going to 180. i I'm not saying I approved of the Bud Light thing, But I am saying that other people's reactions are funny enough that to see people, all right, no one's talked out about ESG, socialism, companies that don't care about profits more than I have. But you give me enough videos of closeted, gay, conservative men being this angry about it, and I might be able to support it. Let's give it a watch. As you all know, I am the biggest advocate and supporter of Jack Daniels whiskey. Have been for 40 years of my life. If I like as we all know, I don't know I've never seen or heard of this guy before, but I do like how he opens up the back door of his house like it's a White House press conference. Let's continue. Not longer. Here's the deal. You went woke. The company's been going and making badass whiskey for 150 years since 1866 and out of nowhere You want woke. So this is what I got for you guys. Mirror that has been in my every house I've owned. (laughs) Even the way he throws it out is gay. Every Jack Daniels glass (laughs) that I've ever owned. Have you ever thrown, like, if you're going to break glass, I'm going to chuck them. Who actually walks? There you go. I hope you enjoy your journey into the trash. Every wooden sign that's been up in my pub. By the way, I just want to, I know that most people don't understand uh, economics, but I'll point something out just to the masses out there. If you've got an abundance of, let's say you got a supply of Bud Light, (laughs) excuse me, it's just my uh, aid's acting up (laughs) again. Let's say you've got a supply of Bud Light or you've got a supply of Jack Daniels or whatever it is. If you're throwing it out, you're increasing the value of the current stock. What you got to do, you got to flood the market. You got to go put these things out for free. I mean, if you want to affect the profits of these organizations, if every single person, let's just say, had four Bud Lights available, I mean, four like bottles of Jack Daniels in their house, you don't want to throw that out. You want to flood the mar- market with so much supply of Jack Daniels that you, you hit their profits. If you're like, hey, imagine like if we all said, hey, we, we hate, no, nah, that doesn't, that, that example <coughs> doesn't quite check out. But you get what, I, <coughs> excuse me, man, I really have an AIDS flare up today. Don't worry, I got some seltzer. What we got to do is uh, everyone should just go and put in front of your house that, well, I guess if you just put booze in front of your house and you say that it's free, you'll end up with uh, homeless people hanging out at your porch like raccoons. (laughs) You know, like every once in a while, someone thinks it's a good idea to feed some raccoons and then they come back every night. So you don't want to just put booze out on the, on the street for free, or you'll end up with some kids that are like passed out Beavis and Butthead style. You find them in the bushes just filled with like puke. And then you got to pour the rest of the booze out and pretend like you're not the ones that fed it to them. All right, let's watch a little bit more of this uh, conservative uh, gay Republican who's upset over the Jack Daniels. There's the fireball version of it. Just throwing it out, lessening the stock to help support the profits of Jack Daniels as he actively reduces the supply in the market. All right, that's enough of this. Uh, I do have some comments, though, um, about the uh, general, uh, what happened here. I actually think it's funny watching a lot of people that don't drink beer comment on beer and Bud Light. I don't understand why anyone would drink it. It doesn't taste good. You don't understand alcoholism. You don't understand pacing yourself. Like, yeah, we all prefer hard liquor. We all do. But the thing is, firstly, you enjoy drinking, you like drinking, and so what you can do is you can spread it out better, because sometimes when you're ordering whiskeys and shit, you get too fucked up, and you don't want to get that drunk, because you really enjoy your alcoholism, and you're like, I want to drink over the next 10 hours, and I know that unless I'm doing beers, it's not going to work out for me. But here's what's interesting to me when it comes to beer, is, uh, and this is why I do think that this is going to make a dent, nobody really likes Bud Light you drink Bud Light. You're used to Bud Light. It's what you know and like. But honestly, if you were to drink Coors Light for a week, you think you're going to miss Bud Light? Like, yeah, you're going to have to get a. It's, it's a little bit like, I, I don't know, even like Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi. Let's say somebody, you went to a place that absolutely had zero Diet Coke. I don't know. You went to another country. There was no Diet Coke and there was only Diet Pepsi. If you drink Diet Pepsi for a week, are you really coming home and going, oh my God, yes, they've got Diet Coke. And now, I haven't drinking soda in a while, but I, and to that point, soda has a more distinct flavor. The difference between Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi is a much different uh, break than the difference between drinking a uh, a Budweiser versus a Coors. And that I say from a person who's experienced both. Can we all agree with that? I'll run that poll. Is the flavor difference between Coke and Diet Pepsi significantly greater? than the difference of experience of drinking a Bud Light versus a Coors Light. Because to me, these are basically just, you fall into these brands for whatever reason, it becomes what you drink. Like I used to have, I've had that even with comedy clubs. Like I'm always like a Budweiser guy and then sometimes you're at a comedy club and they only do Heinekens and you work there for a couple years and then you're just kind of used to drinking Heinekens. I don't really like Heineken, but I think you guys get the point that I'm trying to make is that sometimes you end up switching brands just because you experienced the other one. You're like, yeah, that one's fine too. Tell me you never switched a cigarette brand because enough of your friends were into something else. And then that just became the cigarette that you smoked. It happens. So what I'm trying to say is that this, uh, this might actually be stickier than what they realize. And that some of the people I don't know the percentage of the market that last week said, fuck it. I'm not drinking Bud Light anymore. I don't know what percentage did that, right? I know. I don't think I'd want to be seen with the Budweiser right now. I guess I'm like that conservative gay guy who goes, fuck this wokeness. I don't want to see be seen with the Budweiser in my hand. Maybe, maybe in a couple weeks, maybe once this, uh, once this calms down a little bit and drinking these beverages is no longer a testimony that you support globalism and these ESG agendas that hate us and want to, uh, and want to, you know, d- deprive us uh, deprive us as a, of income and continue to support things that we hate to make it seem like they're more profitable and more popular than they really are. I don't want to be making that statement. Joe Rogan likes making that statement, pouring himself a nice old big old Bud Light. There's no reason to take shots of the king. Uh, but anyways, what I'm trying to, I didn't even watch the segment. That was, that was reckless right there. There, was, there. That was uncalled for. What were we trying to talk about? Let's stay focused here. That's the problem when you, you you start broadcasting a little bit too early in the morning um i actually think from all of the talk that i've heard i'd have to see percentages but let's just say as a theoretical let's say 30 percent of people that were active bud light drinkers and let's say bud light drinkers as being you drink bud light more often than not when you're drinking and you drink more than once a week so here we're the one people doing good analysis because we're a thousand percent fat shacked and backed by Russia. So we're actually going to come in with some good metrics, a real customer of Bud Light. Let's say a real customer of Bud Light spends at least 50 bucks a week on Bud Light. That's a pretty good metric. 50 bucks a week on Bud Light means you're either going out over the course of the week and drinking between five and 10 beers, depending on what city you're living in, or you're picking yourself up like two thirty racks for some, you know, home game, get them fucking after it type drinking. It's a decent metric. You spend $50 a week or more on Bud Light. Okay. Now let's just say that 30% of the people who fell into that category last week said, you know what? I'm done with Bud Light and I'm not drinking Bud Light. If I had to guess of that 30%, 40% will never return to the brand. I'm not saying that none of them will never come back for a lot of them, it might be an established enough habit that once they realize that their other friends aren't calling them gay for drinking Bud Light, they'll go right back to Bud Light. But for some percentage of people that made the switch this past week, even if Bud Light makes a comeback and goes back to being cool, you're just going to be like, I'm a Coors Light guy now. I'm a Miller Light guy now. I'm a, I'm a, this new conservative brand that says that they don't hate me Light now. Um... Yeah. All right. I guess that's the end of that topic. Uh, what else we got? I guess before we transition, let's take a moment to plug the fact that Summer Porch Tour is coming at you shortly. So, uh, April, well, it is April 14th. Uh, this Sunday, if I don't get too fucked up in Albany, which I'm not planning on getting too fucked up in Albany, I think it's going to be a nice, calm weekend doing some great shows with Davey Smith. I will be putting together Summer Porch Tour uh, hopefully August, gonna be rehitting all the cities that we did last year. Maybe more condensed trips, stacking more shows, uh, cause I want to have at least like 20 minutes of new material before I rehit some of those markets. And then if uh, you emailed me and I never played your place, we're gonna be trying to do them May, June, and July. Gonna be trying to do every single weekend this row, uh, this summer on the road. Ideally, I'd like to stack cities so you can do like Friday, Saturday, Sundays all in different locations, kind of the way I did uh, Kansas, St. Louis, and Omaha. Um, that's kind of the the, the the funnest way to do it, them, get the most stage time, get really sharp at comedy, put on the best shows, and uh, actually walk away maybe a little bit better than break even. Um, and then, of course, I get to party with all you people in your backyards. Always a good time. Uh, so hit me up. You got a porch, um, Newsroom at gmail.com. The application window is closing shortly, and uh, I look forward to parting with all of you in your backyards. And of course, show is brought to you by sheathunderwear.com. Use promo card RYM. You get yourself 20% off. Okay, and then here we go. Transvendor, this is from Newsweek. Transgender advocates spoke out against Rock's viral video saying it seemed violent and threatening. Um, everything. This is really the only card that they have is to go, well, when you did that, it just made me feel threatened and like there was gonna be violence towards me. It felt violent and threatening and made my, my fear for the people I love who are trans come to the fore yet again as hate is celebrated. What are we becoming as human beings that this kind of behavior is tolerated? Susie Green, Community Director of Gender GP, a transgender health provider told Newsweek. I gotta get myself into one of these classes where you can look at anything that happens at any point in time and just go, well, I felt threatened by it. I really, I felt threatened. I I feel scared. I'm so scared now. I'm going to go back home. I'm going to wear a mask again. That's how afraid I am. Oh, I can't even go outside. If you're going to let other people have freedom and state their opinions and do what they want to do, oh, that's so scary. Alright, what else we got? new study finds one in five U.S. adults say a family member has been killed by a gun. How can that be true? How can that possibly be true? Have you ever met a person who even knows a person who has a family member that's been shot by a gun? that's always an interesting metric when it comes to like the death stats of like one in a hundred thousand. I believe I read this all the way going back to, uh, Steven Pinker wrote a book, the better side of our angels, something like that. And it was a really interesting book because it showcased that while we keep hearing these stories about how much worse the world is getting by some of the most important metrics, it's actually getting better. So like, uh, people starving to death is going down. General violence is going down. Really great book. Better Side of Our Angels, it was something along those lines, pretty big read, Um, but it's a great book. But I remember in one of the chapters he was talking about death stats, and I might not have this right, I read this like five or six years ago, that above one in 100,000, or at a certain death level, maybe seven in 100,000, that's when you'll start either directly knowing someone that was affected by something, or at least know somebody who knows somebody. So that, that was always kind of, I know that it's anecdotal, but that's always kind of an interesting metric of uh, are you being lied to or is something kind of statistically significant? So like for example, if you look at your social circle, how many people do you know who are healthy that actually died of COVID? So if COVID had been a terrible thing over a certain metric, I'd have to go look this back up because I don't remember, maybe it was seven in a hundred thousand, you would start having people either in your immediate social circle or people that are adjacent to your immediate social circle, there would at least be an incident that you could refer to. Now, obviously, is that statistically perfect? No, not at all, because you might be the one person who, even though it's seven and 100,000, I guess you don't know anybody. But when I read a stat like that, one in five, so I don't know a single person, I don't know a single fam. I don't have a single family member that's been killed by a gun. I don't know a single person who their family member has been killed by a gun. And I don't even know a single person who knows a single person who's ever told me that they've actually had a family member that was killed by a gun. So either inner cities are so dangerous in distorting these averages, uh, or I mean, they're really just throwing nonsense at us on this topic. Here we can read a little bit of this. This is from uh week magazine about one in five Americans. Oh, that's always a good start when it starts with about. Okay. About one in five Americans adults say they have had a family member killed by a gun, including death by suicide. Oh, I guess you throw that in there. Maybe that changes it. Still doesn't change me. I don't know a single person who knows a single person who killed themselves with a gun. Um, one in five say they have personally been threatened with a gun. And one in five say they have personally been threatened with a gun. Any of you guys ever been threatened by a gun? All right, moving on. And the people being threatened by a gun, or these people being killed in this one in five—how many of those were legal guns? Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg sues Jim Jordan over alleged interference in Trump case. You know, this is great. It's like, uh, hey, I'm, I'm the only guy that gets to investigate over here. Isn't it great? The guy who's in, who investigates people when he gets investigated goes, hey, that's intimidation, that's interference. And then Jim Jordan gets it, it's it's amazingly circular. Jim Jordan goes, well, you're investigating, intimidating, and interfering in the election, so I'm gonna look into why you're doing that. And then this guy goes, how dare you investigate me? That's interference with my job. I mean, that's basically gonna be what all of our taxpayer dollars are going to at some point, is some division of government uh, investigating another division of government while they spend more tax dollars to go, hey, you're interfering in my work, which is I'm supposed to be investigating that guy. Well, if you're investigating that guy, then you're interfering in his work. Well, we better investigate you. Oh, but I'm investigating you because you're interfering with him. There you go. There, there's all your taxpayer dollars at work. All right, next up, New York Post. Ex-White House stenographer says FBI ignored Biden's role in Sun-Hunter business dealings. Now this article, eh, it was mostly a bunch of horseshit. Classic news story. You pull, throw some fancy headline in front of me. I go, oh my God, are they actually going to get Biden? You got a guy who's got firsthand testimony of the fact that he's been sitting there. He's been traveling. He's actually watching the wheeling and dealings. And then you got to read the article twice to go, wait, but where's the juice in this thing? It's like a sandwich without any meat in it. You know, they present it to you and they give you this whole presentation about how delicious the thing's going to be. And you keep eating, you keep eating. I taste nothing in here. And then you finally open it up. You start inspecting it like you guys wasted my fucking time. This thing doesn't even taste that good. You presented it like it was going to be delicious. It ain't got no fucking meat in it. That's the, way that, that's the way that the news works, right? They float these articles. You get all excited. You think that there's going to be something in there. And then there's nothing in there. But this did give me a, uh, a thought of hope. You know, I want, to, I want to share a little bit of hope with all you people out there. Hopefully some of you aren't even awake yet and are going to catch the show in an hour and you're a winner. But anyways, here's the hope that I have. One, it's really only going to take one really good, like, look at the level of corruption that exists in government, the extent that they lie to us all the time. It, it seems to me like it really would only take one good story of kind of showcasing, like, If it turned out that the Bidens were straight up paid by China and profiting and like you know just basically engaged in treasonous activities, like that would really just kind of blow the lid off the fact, hey, these people aren't working for you. Or if like Fauci actually got investigated and then got put in jail or otherwise, people would realize, oh, government really did lie to me on that one. Like it really, there's so much corruption at all times. That if just at one point we really investigated it and really got the story out there, think about how much we could educate people to, here is the risk of having these people lording above you, pretending like they can be better distributors of good services and benefits when in reality, they're just looking for control. It really only would take one story. And there's so many of them out there, but somehow they do a very good job of keeping the lid on it. Even though it's like it's a little bit more sprinkled, you know like it used to be hey, there's pedophiles in Washington's and now it's technically accurate over the Epstein thing. Everyone realized the guy didn't kill himself. People are somewhat aware or like think they know that it's shady that it, the guy existed forever and then all of a sudden he was in trouble. We don't talk enough about what the fuck happened to that FBI safe that they took out of his house and then lost. Like there's enough like like sprinkles, but we never really get the full story. And then I realized, like, uh, you know, because the stenographer is how many people are actually witnesses to what's really going on that we never hear from? Like, we never hear from the minions. Like, think about how many minions exist in all of these stories that probably know all of it. Take the Epstein example. Have you seen a single news story about the pilots, the waiters? Who's done the investigative journalism of whoever were the slaves on that island bringing people's drinks? Who was the, 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 there was somebody who was providing the oil for the massages. I'm just saying, there's a trail of evidence on every single one of these stories of support staff that we've never seen from, never spoken to. There are probably more eyewitnesses of some of these crimes than than we typically anticipate or realize. And so, I don't know, it just gives me uh, a little bit of hope that maybe exposing the corruption and actually getting the story just maybe like maybe it's not as tough and doesn't take as much will as we think i don't know i almost look at it and maybe this is too optimistic but like you know it's always these dumb alien invasion movies where and this is the flaw of all those movies is that like ah we're never gonna beat them they're killing all of us they're taking our resources you got three days and then the whole world's gonna be uh, blown out and then all of a sudden they realize oh but the aliens got a hive mind so if we can just take out one of them then all of a sudden the whole problem disappears so go watch every single alien movie it's always the same thing Act three, they figure out, oh, it's the high mind. We just got to wipe out the one. They come out with a plan for wiping out the one. Never thinks like it's going to succeed. And then at the last minute, they pull it off and somebody dies in the process. You always got to have some great sacrifice at the end. Go read screenwriting books, my friends. Anyways, so I almost feel like that's the, uh, the, like everyone's in trap with government because they think in some form or fashion that it's not as corrupt as it is. And so that's all it would take is just one of these stories is an absolute, like a Biden or a Fauci or someone else, like actually going to jail, being prosecuted in the story coming out of just how corrupt they were. And then people would realize what we're at risk of by having these folks lowered in above us. All right. What do I got next? Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was feeling, eh, not the move for it. Ooh, this one's exciting. This wasn't exciting. Before I get into this, I'm going to take a couple comments because I'm uh, I'm 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 excited to share this one. We got uh, Shannon Lee saying Robbie still has hope. I do try and come out to uh, Florida. I think it's the 21st, 22nd, something like that. Out in Orlando, um, doing an event for the fine folks of the LP, going to be slinging some jokes. So remember last week I was talking about how I was ho- home. I was uh, I was really invested into doing some nothing. At some point, I, I i don't know why, I guess I got so far down the rabbit hole of TV I was watching. I went to over to Adult Swim, I decided to check out the stream, see what was going on over at Adult Swim. Now, back in high school, even through college, Venture Brothers, Venture Brothers is one of the funniest shows that ever existed. If I had to rate top comedies of all time, and the problem is like, you gotta go by season. Earlier seasons of It's Always Sunny was probably my all time favorite. Uh, curb would have to be up there on that list the first two seasons, even though it was a short run of the increasingly poor decisions of Todd Margaret would have to be up there and venture brothers without question would have to be high up on this list. Rick and Morty would be high up on that list, but venture brothers, if I had to start really picking out like a top five venture brothers is maybe the number two or number three spot. So anyways, randomly, I came across the stream. And, uh, I saw this one scene. I didn't remember the scene. I didn't remember this. Uh, and I'm going to play it because it's the, uh, it it was a joke on a, a plan to do something that could really disrupt somebody's life in a very simple way. And I was like, Oh my God, this dumb thing from this cartoon is essentially what digital currencies and the ESG score problem is. So let's give it a watch and then I'll comment. Well, it all started when I was in eighth grade. You know the eighth grade Washington, D.C. trip? Well, ours, we had to present the flag to Senator Ben Nighthorse Campbell. Awesome name. And I was the kid that chose to do it. Now, because I was a huge kid, and because henchmen don't do that much research, I got kidnapped instead of Senator Nighthorse Campbell. You just have to sign this and then we'll let you go. It's a harmless little law I'd like you to instate. It simply makes the surname Venture illegal. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Like he wasn't gonna ransom the senator or anything. He just wanted to make Dr. Venture's name illegal! It sounds idiotic, right? But just think about it. Every time Dr. Venture orders pizza or like tries to cash a check or anything, boom, they arrest his ass! Classic monarch! Ah! I'm telling you, sir! There you go. I mean, it's just, it's it's silly, it's stupid, it's fun, it's funny, but it's like right right out of a cartoon, that's what they can do if they can just kind of turn you off from your money. All right, I think I had one or two uh, topics left, and then, uh, you know, you guys can go back to sleep. Oh, dude, Donald Trump, this guy's rested up and back back to full-fledged lying. I feel like we'd watched Donald Trump quite a bit, and he was seeing seemingly kind of tired, but, you know, I guess his couple years hanging out at Mar-a-Lago playing himself some golf, relaxing, putting his feet up, just gathering his materials so the FBI can raid his home and come take him. I feel like uh, Donald Trump, he's starting to get his group. Once again, I'm not saying I support the guy, but he's rested up, and this man is ready to lie again. Let's give this a watch. When I went to the courthouse, which is also a prison in a sense, uh, they signed me in, and I'll tell you, people were crying, people that work there. Professionally work there that have no problems putting in murderers and they see everybody. It's tough tough place and They were crying. They were actually crying. They said, I'm sorry Uh, They'd say 2024 sir 2024 and tears are pouring down. There is I there were tears in their eyes You don't realize how much everybody loves me and how I can instantly fix everything when I went to the. Court uh, arrested act, is Trump is a prison, dangerous Trump. In a sense. And then I was amused by this that, uh, oh, this is out of order. We'll come back to that. Trump is questioned in New York Attorney General's lawsuit. For seven hours, somebody had to talk to Trump. And how exhausting was that they're talking to trump about his business practices and you know because he, like trump never describes specifics he never gives you actual solutions he never tells you how when or why so it was probably just seven hours yeah of course we made money i made money on that one too wait what was that oh yeah that one was another winner you know how i know i did it okay what uh well that project we made money on it too all right, we got one more uh, Donald Trump story. Nope, that's the last Donald Trump story. Guys, we are done. Oh, that's a good one by Ofer. Uh, I'm so good at being interrogated right now. I feel like this is nice. You get to learn about how good I am at business. You're going to end up opening up a business. When you're done with this, you're going to make money too. Someone should have recorded this and put it out as my next book. All right, we are going down from Twitter because this next one, I mean, from uh, from YouTube, this next one's too spicy. You guys want to catch it live? Going to be live right now for the next couple of minutes discussing this tweet put out by Thomas Massey over on uh, Twitter, uh, also up on Twitch, or you can catch the uh, full video up on Spotify in just a couple of minutes. Coming down from here. Now I am coming down... Oh, no. i got to go over here to come down from here. Coming down from here. Uh, all right. Cool. All right. Last topic of the show for the day. Uh, this is from Thomas Massey. If you don't follow Thomas Massey on Twitter, he is the best Twitter follow. I recommend him. So this was... Uh, uh and you know you guys can go fact check this for yourself not everything that comes across my twitter feed is accurate uh but i did see this directly from thomas massey's feed and it looks to be accurate i don't think he's putting out dis not accurate information did see it a couple minutes before the show started so i just grabbed i said i got to talk about that so i don't know maybe tomorrow we'll find out it's a prank or whatever but this was uh documentation from anthem um, medicaid so uh blue cross blue shield is one of the, uh, you know, you only got like a couple really massive insurance corporations. And so this was a uh, letter or just a notification to doctors about the compensation that they would receive, the kickbacks that they would receive if they got their patients vaccinated. So if you want to know why so many doctors were pushing the vaccinations, well, it's on the one side, I guess if you were trying to do the ivermectin thing or if you weren't on board, um, a lot of your offices, licenses, there were repercussions. The system was not very rewarding of the doctors who wanted to talk out about it. And that was probably in part because I'm not saying that the doctors, any individual's doctor is bad, but usually, even if you're in a doctor's office, if you don't own that doctor's office, uh, and once again, there's compliance issues. They don't want you going out making your own recommendations and criticizing the system. People were being threatened on their licenses, jobs or otherwise. And I don't have perfect documentation of that, but that was the sense that I got. And also what I heard from a couple or maybe even just one individual. But it didn't seem like it was very easy to go, hey, I don't support this or I've done my own research. Um, It seems like doctors were also threatened to stay in line. And threatened to stay in line might just be by your own office because there's a guy above you who's running the business. And so they're making decisions for the hospital or you're part of a, uh, you're affiliated with a larger hospital, which happens in medicine because uh, insurance costs, malpractice costs, they get high. So, or at least that's what I saw in my town. It's like every single doctor's office here now seems to be affiliated with the uh, one hospital in town. Okay. So this was from Anthem. Okay. So uh, I'm sorry, just to kind of keep information straight here. I do think that it was tough to criticize what was going on. And I also think that there were consequences and repercussions if you were making efforts to criticize and you were a doctor, what was going on in the, uh, the world of COVIDs. Uh, this is not documentation of that, but this is documentation of financial incentives that existed in terms of being a doctor and pushing the vaccine. And these seem to be uh, pretty good incentives. So here we go. COVID-19 Vaccine Provider Incentive Program. Getting vaccinated against COVID-19 is one of the best and safest ways people can protect themselves and their families against the virus. As a participating practice in the COVID-19 Provider Vaccine Incentive Program, we recognize your hard work by offering incentives for helping patients make the choices to become vaccinated. Eligibility. This COVID-19 vaccine provider incentive program is open to you if you're participating Kentucky primary care provider. Oh, maybe this was only in Kentucky. With an Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield Medicaid Anthem panel size of 25 or more members, all Anthem members identified as receiving COVID-19 vaccination services are included in the methodology. Vaccines results will be determined by COVID-19 vaccine claim or by confirmation from the Kentucky Vaccine Registry. The results will be calculated for two time periods. December 1st, 2021 is the initial incentive payment. December 31st, 2021 is the final incentive payment. How can you qualify for a bonus? If your practice meets the below thresholds for vaccination with at least one dose, by September 1st, 2021, you receive the initial incentive payment based on the following rates. 30% of Anthem members vaccinated, you'll get a $20 bonus. Let's just skip ahead. If 75% of Anthem members were vaccinated, you would get $125 bonus per vaccinated member. I work sales. That's fucking sales structure right there. Aggressive bonuses, the higher the performance. And you're sucked in with all the other people. You go, hey, I just want to be a salesman. I just want to do my own thing. And they're like, nope, you're on a team now. You're, you're in this with these other doctor offices, and if all of you guys can get together and push this vaccine, if you can get 75% of these people on this plan vaccinated, you're going to be making yourself some money. $125 per vaccinated. Per, I mean, what, what did the government even spend per shot? I, I mean, I don't know what most medical practices are, but think about it. Some guy comes into your office. You got to give him a shot. He walks out the door. So even at the lowest rate of $20 bonus, it's not bad. $20 just to put a shot into somebody's arm. And that's a, that's a kickback. I mean, you would think that the uh, doctors, I guess they would have their own incentive, which is you're paying the doctor, right? Isn't that the way it's supposed to work? I guess I pay the doctor and then the doctor will make recommendations for my health because I'm the customer and I'm paying him and he's not going to recommend things. Like in other words, imagine if you're a doctor's office and um, I guess in it's probably the way it works, but you know every time i put you into uh i refer you to the guy for broken limbs like you got a perfectly good nothing's broken i refer you to that guy I get myself a kickback i got a financial incentive to go hey you might need surgery on that thing now with all that being said you might go well the insurance company if they're making these payments it must be because they want to prevent the future uh problems of what they think it's going to cost you if you actually get sick with COVID. that maybe the insurance company is doing the forecasting and they're realizing we need everybody to get vaccinated because if they're not vaccinated they're going to get sick they're going to die that's going to be a lot more costly to us so what we need is instead for everybody to get vaccinated first is i remember i broke down the math on this when this was a claim being made by the airline industries and we priced it out and we found out that it was false so you can go back down the archives I'm not even good at math and we were able to do the basic actuary uh, table, I mean it wasn't that sophisticated. I just kind of said a bunch of things in my, uh, out loud and said, yep, I'm right, But and it's down the archives, so good luck finding that one. Uh, but my guess is that uh, Anthem probably has a direct relationship with Pfizer, which has a relationship with government. I think they all get together, they figure these things out, and then the people, they sit down and they go, all right, well how do, how do we make sure that we get compliance? And amongst all the ways that they do ensure that they get the compliance is that they work directly with your doctor to financially compensate them for the agenda that they're looking for. And they go, oh, why is it that no, 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 the doctors? Well, the, it's because they're not allowed to criticize it, and they get compensated for staying in line. So, you know, good luck getting an honest opinion. All right, we are done with today's episode. Let's take a couple uh, comments. Sheen Anthem runs the Medicaid programs for a lot of states. I had an Anthem plan that cost $700 a month. For the best exchange plan and three of my docs wouldn't take it because they thought it was medicaid yeah it's odd that it has the word uh medicaid on it um all right we got Ofer coming in with south park and the first season of our, oh dude early arrested development like those first five seasons when it was on fox was an excellent show uh, South park. I'm not a religious watcher of, I'm not saying that South park isn't funny. South parks. The kind of thing back in the day, if I scrolled past, it, I'd be like, oh yeah, fuck yeah. South parks on. I watch it to the thing, but it's like, that, that's kind of my metric is does something captivate me enough that I want to go back down and watch the entire, cause I'll binge watch television. So if like, if something really isn't like, I will spend three days in my house. Like I said, I'm good at doing nothing. So South park never grabbed my, or like when new episodes come out, I'm not like, Oh my God, I gotta go catch the new South park episode but I'm not saying South Park's not amazing. And then every once in a while on the social satire episodes, you're like, Whoa, these guys are doing it the best. All right. That is our show. Um, thank you so much for, uh, for coming out. I mean, you didn't come out. You sat, at your, you sat at your house. You listened to my show for free. Honestly, it, this didn't take you all that much. So yeah, yeah, you know, I take back, I'm going to save my thank you for someone that deserves it a little bit more. I mean, I appreciate you. It's nice. It's nice that you're a fan. And it's particularly nice if you're one of the fans that when I do come to your city, show up and buy tickets, which we're gonna be on tour, summer port store, come hang out. Even if you don't like my jokes, you can pretend to laugh at them so that I can feel good and write new ones. So I, we're done. Guys, the show is over. I don't even know why you're still here. It's awkward. I clearly ran out of things to say like three minutes ago and then just continue talking because um, we're under new contracts here with the network where we have to fill up a full and proper hour. And we're only at 54 minutes and 57 seconds, which means I have to filibuster for the next five minutes or uh, the sponsors, they said they pull. And uh, so at this point, like I said, the show is over. There's nothing to value that's gonna be said from here to the rest of the show.